0: What is going on, y'all? It is currently June 26th, about 7.30 p.m., and uh, this is going to be episode 2 of Off The Bench Pod with your host, me, Jet Coatney. Uh, I am pleased to have a uh, special guest slash collaborator tonight with me. Uh, It's my good buddy, Dennis Gartman. Dennis, welcome to Off The Bench. And uh, to all of you Dennis and Friends listeners, hello again.
1: I don't know how I'm here because I've literally been traveling so much and I don't know how I'm functioning today, but uh, here we are. Uh, Thanks for having me on. Jet, listener, mm -hmm. thanks for, for being here. This is episode two of Off the Bench, and this is also simultaneously episode one of, or not episode one, episode 91 of Dennis and Friends. So.
0: Fantastic.
1: Here we go. That's here incredible. we are.
0: Man, 91 episodes. That's, that's a good thing over there, man.
1: We're trying. We're trying. Yeah.
0: Hey, and and you're getting one out in the midst of all your travel. So uh, that's been yeah. that's
1: great. I'm like home for a week and a half. Actually, really, I'm home for like a while. It's just that I have nothing to do this week, really. So it's nice to like not do anything and relax because my body has been on the go and I've been living out of a suitcase for pretty much this entire month. So hence why all you listeners of of my show, that's why we have not put on an episode since the last time Jet and I talked, which was on June 1st, (laughs) right before the finals started. So, yeah. yeah, sorry for, for the delay, but we're back.
0: Well, uh, since we haven't talked since then and, and you, uh, probably have some, some stuff to add in about the the finals, how that all wrapped up, uh, now the NBA season is is over. Do you want to maybe touch on that real quick, just for, for your sake?
1: Sure. I guess. Um, I mean, it's what we expected. I was, mm-hmm. you know, not around to be brutally honest I've not watched game 5 like I still haven't gone back and watched that game on on DVR that is on my to-do list this week um but from the bits and pieces of the series that I did see it was just like really blatantly obvious that Denver was just too much for Miami and not that Miami was a bad team obviously they weren't you're in the NBA finals for a reason you're not a bad team if you're in the NBA finals but the combination of the talent difference on both teams and the depth difference on both teams and Mm -hmm. you know it just kind of felt like man miami's run was gonna you know end at this rate in in that way for denver to do it without like shooting the ball that great either like especially from three that kind of surprised me um but they were worthy champions and Mm
0: -hmm.
1: it's cool to see a new team like win this thing, right? Like they hadn't won it before. We haven't had a repeat champion in a long time. Um now because of you know every champion the last like four or five years has been different like since the since the Warriors. So yeah. That's a cool cool little bit. Um
0: it's it's cool to see a a, a Western conference team. Oh yeah. Jokic is the best. Yeah. Absolutely it's cool to see a non uh texas or california team come out of the west and and win the finals uh first time in like almost 40 years i think yeah i i agree i think we all saw it coming i think that if the heat were fully healthy if tyler harrow was uh healthy for the whole thing then he'd he'd probably make a difference maybe a games worth would have been 4-2 instead of 4-1 but i think that it's what needed to happen. I think Jokic deserved his, his ring and, and his finals MVP. So uh, I'm I'm happy it happened. Yeah, I agree. Cool. All right. Well, let's, uh, you know, that's, that's in the past, uh, for good. Um, let's, let's move on and, and kind of look at the NBA draft, all the things that happened on draft night. Um, whether that be for for our Mavericks or just overall, uh, there were a lot of things that happened, a lot of movement. things kind of fell how we thought they would towards the top of the draft. But um, what were your thoughts about just the draft overall, um, the level of talent coming into the league now, uh, and then you know what this means for for Dallas going forward, I guess.
1: Let's start with the that middle question. This is like a, a very role-player heavy draft, in my opinion, but also sure. I think we've come to realize that it's not going to be a great one, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was a pretty weak second round, um, all things considered. Oh, yeah. um, but the first round, I thought there was a lot of good talent that went to the right spots. I think w- looking back on it now, now that we've had a couple of days to process it and some stuff that happened since then, thinking about like utah for example like taylor Hendricks, you would think is in a great spot um on a young team being able to be around laurie mark and guys like that but then they trade for john collins today and it's like is he even gonna get that many minutes now because they have so many guys in that sort of like position range so that's Mm -hmm. something that that jumps out to me obviously brandon miller going number two is just like charlotte what are you doing like I've I told you this, I think, in our text thread at some point. I've mm-hmm. told multiple people this. What Charlotte should have done is that you get Scoot Henderson because he's best available, and your team, your franchise, is a dumpster fire right now. You see how yep. it works with him and LaMelo in a backcourt, and if you don't see it working out, then you trade LaMelo. Like, yeah. you you could get a haul for him. Mm-hmm. Like, no, no question about it. Because I, I think you probably would rather build around Scoop long-term because he's on, you know, a cheaper deal right now. And there's a lot of right. things that he brings that LaMelo doesn't have, even though LaMelo obviously has been proven, He's been an all-star, I think, just once, and
0: mm-hmm.
1: albeit an uh, injury replacement, but still. Uh, yeah. that, that really jumped out to me as like, yeah, Brandon Miller's like fine. You know, like he was definitely one of the, top guys, I guess, in a draft, but I don't think he moves the needle mm-hmm. like like Scoot does. And right. Also Brandon has not been the best PR guy, uh you know, <laughs> uh, recently I think, with, we with out of that. I think yeah. people
0: will tell him, hey, stop saying like just dumb stuff that isn't true on yeah. on national television. Yeah. Um but I want to go back to something you said because I don't know if they would get a really large haul for Lamelo, and reason being, I think this off season we've kind of seen things because you know a long time ago you had it where um, the market was really uh, availability driven, you know, not just in terms of how many games you're playing, how many games you're missing, but also in terms of like like there are teams that are looking for specific spots. Specific roles on their roster, like what is available in you know the center position. There's really not much. So, what kinds of contracts can those guys demand? I think you're looking at a trade market that is kind of similar to that right now, where you see a guy like Kristaps Porzingis, who's a All Star. Uh, you know, he's a two way player, averaged like 24 and 11 and uh, like two blocks a game last year. A guy like that, the Celtics all they had to give up for him, really, was was two first round picks because you know, Memphis got Marcus Smart, so the three team deal kind of muddies the waters a little bit there, but like they got KP and they got two first round picks back, I think, right? They got yeah, they got one pick from the Grizzlies this year and then a top four protected pick next year. Yeah, and so, the one
1: that they used this year, they traded back, or they traded right. somebody else. It ended up going... I don't even remember who ended up right. making that pick, but Boston did not keep it.
0: Right. And so, so what I'm saying is, based on Kristaps' injury history, you look at what the hole was that someone had to give up to get, get a guy like that, and it wasn't that much. Um, so, when you look at a guy like Romelo, who, you know, he's played three seasons, but I think he's only been available to suit up in like 55% of those games or something yeah, like that, right. just over half. And so, you know, a
1: common theme but, amongst, uh, ball brothers, apparently.
0: Yes. Which is unfortunate super sad to hear that Lonzo is probably going to miss the rest of this next year. Um, but I, I do agree. I think that the pick who should have been scooped. Um, I, I felt that the Hornets were going to take, uh, Brandon Miller. Um, but with, this is what I thought all along. Uh, I, th- I think that Michael Jordan, you know, he sold the team. Uh, this is his last, you know, decision as the owner. And then he kind of hands over all operations to the team. He's like, huh, if I use my better judgment, I probably take Scoot, but I'm, I'm done. And like, you know, it's, it's no, it's no weight on my back if I make the wrong pick. So. I'm going to take Brandon Miller. Yeah.
1: Which there's that, that, if he thinks that way, that's kind of, that's kind of messed up to be honest with you. but <laughs>
0: well, That's NJ, you know? Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> now let's talk about the reverse of that. Right. So mm-hmm. Portland's able to get scoot at three. Right. Right. And I do not want to have this conversation because I'm so tired of it. And I'm so tired of Chris Haynes giving us these like daily updates that literally don't mean anything. But
0: mm-hmm.
1: obviously I think this has Dame implications. And apparently there was some meeting today between Dame and his agent and the trailblazers like front office and all that. And I'm so tired of all this crap because nothing has happened. And he like we keep hearing both sides of like he's loyal to Portland, but he doesn't want to be around a young team. It's like, dude, like make up your mind. Right. And also, here's the reality of your situation. Nobody's going to want to pay you 60 million dollars when you're 37 years old. So your, your market you can say that you want out or want to go to a more competitive situation, but your market is dictated by your horrible contract, which might be one of the worst contracts in the NBA. Um, Mm -hmm. It is one of the worst contracts in the NBA, if you think about it. So I guess my question for you, man, is how do they play this out? Do they just go ahead and get it out of the way? Or do they sort of try to make him and like Scoot and Lillard and Simons and Sharp all work together because you can't have all four of those guys on the same roster, right? Like there's, there's only one ball. We're going to talk about this with, with other teams at some point, there's Mm -hmm. only one ball to go around and yes, they're not all going to start together. Like, you know, Beal and, and Durant and Booker are in Phoenix, for example. But where, where's the, where's the thinking there? Like, where's the, what's the game plan? I guess. Cause I I genuinely don't know. And obviously Dame is the, the elephant in the room in all of this. I'm just ready for it to be done because yeah. I feel like they're stuck until he decides what's to do, what to do and what he feels.
0: I agree, man. And you know, it's been the same story for the past like five off seasons. I feel like it's, it's always been Dame is happy in Portland and wants to win a title in Portland, but he's unhappy because the front office is making the wrong moves. At At some point you have to, if you're him, you have to just be like, well, they've proven to me for the last decade plus that they can't make the right move so i got to get out i i think that the fatal mistake on the blazers part was just drafting scoot instead of instead of trading the pick um i think that the right move and definitely not the long term right move but the right move since you are burdened with damian lillard's contract is to trade the pick in an effort to get someone that can help you try to win now if you trade the pick for I don't know who would would have been available. Maybe they could have gotten in on the Bradley Beal thing. You know, like if they if they would have tried that two weeks ago, they could have gotten either Beal or KP or talked to the Blazers about doing like a sign and trade with Kyle Kuzma. Uh, where yeah, was no like kidding. Awesome.
1: Especially Washington didn't even get a first round pick in like any of that. Which I want to talk about that later because that yeah, it's just yeah, I lost braid cells once I you know processed all that. Anyway. <laughs>
0: The the Wizards have done, yeah, we'll talk about it later. Yeah, we'll talk about Portland right now. But that third pick is valuable. I mean, there's t- high-end, top-level talent at number three, no matter who's there, um, even if it's not Scoot. There are other great players in this draft. I think moving forward, you have to look at your assets and say, okay, Dame's contract is almost immobile. We just drafted Scoot. We're not going to trade him. We've committed to this guy. He, he is the future past Dame. You look at those other two guys that you're talking about, Anthony Simons and Sharp, and I think you look at those two guys and you say, I think Sharp gives us a lot more upside all around. Um, Simons has proven to be a great, great scorer um, and a good secondary playmaker, but I think Sharp is a much better defender, and he has... A lot of upside that that Simons just doesn't. So I think you look to move Simons. Maybe you can, you know, package him, maybe try a sign and trade with, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna start and look to utilize Sharp even more, uh put him in the starting rotation, sign and trade Jeremy Grant and Anthony Simons for a win now player because that's the closest that you can get to an asset as valuable as that third pick. Um I think that should be their next move forward, but what I think is going to happen, just because we know the Blazers front office, they're going to let Jeremy Grant walk to Sacramento. I think that would be an awesome pickup for the Kings. We can talk about them later. And I think that they're going to be kind of sitting there like, who do we start? Who do we not? Because we didn't do anything with the, any of these four guys in the offseason. Um, and it's just going to kind of be a, a dumpster fire where where they're looking at about a 10 seed again, um, maybe, if that, you know, in the ultra competitive West.
1: Especially with how the draft played out, I I, I want to just go back on your point about trading back. Like, think about, because Portland has a weird roster, like a really, really mm-hmm. weird roster, that's like, yeah. they have some great scoring, but they have no defense, really, and they don't have a lot of great wing depth and stuff like that. And I think right. about, for example, like Cam Whitmore, who slid a lot to mm-hmm. 20. He slid to Houston. You trade that three pick, and you get... I don't know, say you get 16 and, you know, 29. I don't know. You get two other, like, late first-round picks. I mean, Whitmore's there. You know, you Mm -hmm. could have drafted him at 16, for example. You know, guys like that that could have provided you not, like, star power, but, like, quality depth, especially Mm -hmm. in the wake of what I think I also agree with you. Not necessarily Sacramento, but I do think uh, Jeremy Grant is not long for Portland, like, Anymore. Like, I think he's gone. So, yeah, I, I'm just like, I, I get what you're saying. Um, with, with that's what they should have done. Um, but also, this gives them that insurance now that in case Dame does get traded, you know, like they have something to build upon. Not to say that you can't build upon Simons and Sharp, but like, there's not that, like, star power. There's not that like true superstar potential with those two that you could get with Scoot if he pans out because of his athleticism and the fact that he's so bulky and you know Mm -hmm. what he brings to that position. I think he has the potential to be a star like in the league. Right. Those other two guys are just really good, like athletic and scoring guys that can bring Mm -hmm. you a lot of offense, but that's not the same. So, I think this is more of a like, okay, we don't want to be completely in the cellar if uh, if Dame eventually does go out. So right. let's go ahead and get the guy who fell to us because Charlotte is stupid and take advantage of it, and let's go from there. I think that's probably right. their line of thinking. Um,
0: yeah, although yeah, no I, I, I totally get you
1: about you know maybe they should have just shifted off earlier. And,
0: Yeah. In no way was it a bad pick. Like it's, it's cute. Like we we've all seen the tape. We, we see, we can just look at the guy and be like, okay, this guy is a, is a A plus level athlete with, you know, really good intangibles, good playmaking ability. Uh, And we've talked about it before. I think he, he has, you know, his ceiling is Russell Westbrook esque, maybe not quite there, you know, with all the triple doubles and everything, but it's that same level athlete that you're getting in that drive and competitive hunger so so it's it's the right pick for sure it's just I, I don't know i i feel like this might be the final nail in the coffin in dame's ringless career because i don't know and i don't think he'll ever get one in portland the the trailblazers with this front office probably will never sniff a championship um and then at the end of the of his career does he really want to go ring chasing um, I don't think that that's his character. Um, I don't think that's how he's built. So, yeah, a very interesting situation there in the yeah. North, yeah. West.
1: Yeah, can we talk about Atlanta for a second? Because I'm confused by what they're doing. Right? Like, I yeah. didn't love their draft pick, um, I, Kobe Bufkin. Actually, it's like they already have so many guards. Right? Like that mm-hmm. dude's not going to play. Like, yeah. you if you keep Trey, you keep Dejounte together. Which mm-hmm. sounds like they're going to, because they got rid of Collins today. You have those right. two guys. You have A.J. Griffin, who's not necessarily like a guard, but he can play the two three spot a decent mm-hmm. amount. like you you got to give him minutes, right? And you have Bogdanovich still who's going to take a minutes mm-hmm. at the two and the three. So like like what, do you, what what's happening here? Like yeah. I don't get that pick. Uh, mm-hmm. They finally got rid of Collins today, like we talked about or mentioned a couple of times already. Um, listener, if you don't know, it's John Collins for literally Rudy gay and a second round pick. How wild is that? That that is all the return that they could get. But finally, like that's what, yeah. uh, it's a bag
0: of chips, man. Do. Yeah. Straight up. It's ridiculous. The fact that the Mavs couldn't somehow get involved in that, like it just baffles me. Um, cause like, I don't love John Collins, but I think he's an upgrade at four over whoever we're planning on putting in there. Um, so yeah, that's disappointing, but it's also like, you you can ask, you know, what's going on in Atlanta, what are they doing? But also what's what's going on in Utah? Why are they, why are they stacking up on power forwards? It's weird. Are like you going to start, are you going to only play Colin Sexton and, uh, who else they got a guard?
1: Uh, Jordan Clarkson.
0: And Jordan Clarkson. Is that your only two guards that you're going to like play? It's going to be like a nine man rotation with seven power forwards. Yeah. I'm walking
1: maybe they're trying to replicate, maybe they saw uh Laurie Markinen's Cleveland stint and they're like, we want to do that where he plays the small forward, you mm-hmm. know, which that's kind of dumb. Like, I definitely, I definitely see their starting lineup right now being Sexton, Clarkson, assuming they keep Sexton because I keep hearing mm-hmm. he might get traded. Sexton, Clarkson, Markinen, Collins, and Kessler. Like, that yeah. being your starting five. And it's like, okay, like, decent, you know, but like, where are those minutes for, uh, for, like I said, for Taylor Hendricks who just got drafted, you know, like, yeah. where's that, you know, going to end up.
0: And you're in the West. Like if you want that to be your starting lineup, then great. But that'll get you maybe a play in spot. I mean, you're not, you're not competing and making a trade like that one today for John Collins. It's a, we want to compete kind of trade. Um, so I don't, I don't know. That's a confusing situation. But to answer your question about the Hawks, I think and we're going to talk kind of about way too early power rankings later. Um, and I think you will be not surprised. I actually don't think it will be surprised but where I put them just because I, I don't know the direction of this team. I think they're still t- taking trade offers for DeJounte Murray. I think he's still on the block, so to speak. I just don't think that the future is bright there. Uh, and it it has to have an effect on a player's mentality when they're constantly in trade talks, as DeJounte Murray has been since he became a Hawk, right? as John Collins has been for the past three years, and as Capella has been for the past two years. So when you have those guys, and even uh, Bogdanovich, when you have all those guys knowing that their front office doesn't really trust them, is looking to find replacements for them, then, you know, I, I just feel like it's not a great atmosphere to be in as a player, which has got to affect team chemistry. And you can say what you want about how important chemistry is. But um, at the end of the day, you can't just have a bunch of talented guys and expect to go and compete in the playoffs. You know,
1: they're bound to do something else. I feel like I still don't understand why you still have Capella on your roster. Um when clearly I feel like they're trying to give that starting center spot to Okongwu, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, especially because he's younger and on a cheaper deal. It would not surprise me if he gets moved. Would not surprise me if Bogey gets moved still. Um, unless yeah. they want to keep him around. And also DeAndre Hunter, um, especially with how little they got for, I mean, you can get more f- for Hunter than I think you can get for, for Collins, but not much more. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. I think there's a little bit of a you could probably have to throw in another pick, I think, to get uh to get DeAndre Hunter.
0: I think there's a world a real world next summer where we might be talking about Trey Young asking for a trade out of Atlanta. Because so far this roster that they've managed to construct and granted free agency is coming up, but I don't think that free agency is gonna have all these like superstar moves where Players are bouncing around the league. I think a lot of players' best options will be to re-sign with who they're with. At the end of the day, they might test their value on the market, but I think that a lot of people will, will stay put. Um, and it kind of has to do with what we talked about uh, with the new CVA and and all these different rules that they put in place. And kind of what I was talking about earlier, where it's a it's a new market. It's a different kind of market out there um there's not going to be a bunch of big spenders i don't think there's not a lot of opportunity for big spenders that i I've had it pulled up i don't remember where but there's a lot of um a lot of teams have negative cap space going into this year like like way way in the negative even after the wizards made those two moves to get rid of porzingis and and beal they still are negative $31 million in cap space. So, and there's the umbrella, uh, that gives you like a little bit of a cushion, um, to go above the cap space or the, the hard cap. Um, but I don't think a lot of teams, especially not Washington that are not looking to compete right now. are going to go into that umbrella and, uh, spend a lot. So, I think you, if if this roster that the Hawks have right now, if they're looking to compete with them, then what they're going to be competing for, again, like the Trailblazers, is a play-in spot. Um, which, when you have a guy, and I know our opinions on, on Trey Young are pretty linear. We, we, we haven't really changed much on our opinion of him, but a guy of his talent still, uh, you got to put something better than that around him.
1: And if they do trade him, they could get a haul for him.
0: Speaking yeah, for of
1: sure. of other teams that may need to do some moves here soon, maybe not this year, but maybe sooner than later, can we jump to Houston? Because I kind of sense that some, something's got to give there, mm-hmm. you know, with some of the guys that are on that roster. Like, I I don't see a world in which, now that they signed or drafted, uh, which Thompson brother did they get? Did they get Oskar? Halsar or, or Amen.
0: They got They got
1: one of them. Uh, they got Amen. They got Amen. Right. Okay. So yeah. you have him, you have Jalen Green, you have KPJ, you have Tari and you have Singun, you have other guys that I'm blanking on right now because my brain doesn't function right now after traveling for three weeks. Something's gotta give. I don't see that sort of core being able to stick around for the whole time, you know, unless Emi really believes in that, um, in all of them. I feel yeah. like one of those guys is going to have to go, especially if you think about the the real possibility that James Harden could still be there, like when free agency opens this weekend.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that means even more or even less opportunities for, for some of those guys. Of all those guys that I've mentioned, and maybe even somebody that I'm forgetting who would they get rid of at some point? I don't want this to turn into what person should every team get rid of our, but that's kind of what this has become. Right. Uh, But genuinely, like I don't see how that sort of all works because they're all similar. And there's also not a lot of defensive uh, prowess there, so to speak. Yeah. So which of those guys do you think they should start trying to, to put on the, on the block?
0: Well, I, I went ahead and pulled up that Rockets roster while you were asking the question. And I, I'll tell you this, man. they, The only true point guard that they have on the roster is DJ Augustine.
1: The corpse of, not DJ yeah. Augustine, the, right. the skeleton of him.
0: Yes, yeah. because, you know, Kevin Porter Jr. came into the league as a small forward, if you'll remember, for the Cavaliers. Um, we know Jalen Green is not a playmaker. He's a shot chucker. So what you need is a true point guard. If you want this young core that has a lot of potential to make that leap to where they're competing and trying to make the playoffs in a couple of years, cause we know it's not going to happen this year. Then you have to get rid of a couple of these guys and try to get a true point guard. I, I don't think James Harden is that, that answer. Um, he's definitely a facilitator, but at his age, with his health concerns and with the obvious playoff concerns and just performing in the clutch um, and and how he's proven that all of his haters are kind of right about that. Um, I don't think he's your answer, but I think when you look at every asset that they have, I think the ones that are the most that you're able to move the easiest are going to be guys like Kevin Porter, Jr. Jay Sean Tate. And Kenyon Martin Jr. I think guys that you got to stick to are Alpern Sangoon, uh, Jabari Smith, Jalen Green, and Amin Thompson, and, and obviously Cam Whitmore now. But I, I think I know. I mean, if if the Mavs were to trade for a Kenyon Martin Jr. or Jay Sean Tate, I'd be hyped about that. You know, I'd I'd like them to get in on that. These are guys that can contribute to winning basketball. I think they just haven't been in the right situation. Obviously in Houston. And, you know, Kevin Porter Jr. is still only 23 years old. Jay Sean's 27, which I thought he was younger than that. Um, and then K.J. Martin is 22, so they're all young. It's still, they're still appetizing to to other teams looking to trade. So I think you got to really seriously consider those three guys at least getting them in a new uniform, maybe even by the beginning of this next season.
1: K.J. sounds like a, K.J. Martin sounds like a, pretty prime candidate to go. I think you have to get rid of Porter, honestly. Uh, mm. I think fit-wise, it's kind of weird now, um, yeah. especially now that Whitmore is around. Well, at Whitmore and Thompson, to be honest. Um, yeah. I, I, you have two guys who, who are wings, and you have a guy who is technically a wing but is a point guard. I, I don't know. I I don't see that working well. But also would not surprise me if they ship off Jalen Green at some point. Uh maybe not this year, but I think if uh if him and Ime don't get along and if there's some mm-hmm. you know not clear improvement on many assets of its facets of his game, um mm-hmm. literally everything else besides chucking shots up, mm-hmm. I definitely could see him uh on the move as well. Um yeah. which looking back on that that would uh be a bummer for them because of. I think that was the same year he was drafted in the same year as Mobley and passing on Mobley for Green. I think may end up, they it already may have it may, yeah, it already is haunting them maybe some, yeah, to a degree, but it'll really I, haunt I them if they true. do get rid of him.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. Um, yeah, I think that despite all the exciting moves that they made, I, I love. The draft of Cam Whitmore, even though he's dealing with some injury right now, and that's why he ended up slipping down to twenty. I don't, I don't love the Amen pick, Amen Thompson. I didn't, I don't. I've told you this before. I don't love any of those, either of those Amen brothers, or even either the Thompson brothers. <laughs> um, I just think that the competition that they played um, with Ignite, was right? Just,
1: it's, it's not the same. No, yeah, no, I mean, not the Ignite, was, the
0: overtime elite. Overtime elite. That's right they're they're running with you know 16 and 17 year olds and putting up these highlights on them like that's you know that's nothing really truly yeah i i think that their future is possibly one of the dimmest in the league still even after these two draft picks of of young promising quote unquote players but you know they're not in the worst situation in the league i'll say that i think that Real quick, I want to go, because we touched on it a little bit earlier with Lonzo, but I want to go to the Bulls and talk about them, because I think they could be a team that we see be really active in, in looking to reshape that roster since they missed the playoffs last year. I think one of the first things that I I've, that I've want to talk about that I've been seeing have been um, teams like the Knicks and the Nets making calls to the Bulls about Zach Levine. And if they move Zach Levine, I think that the next domino to go would be moving DeMar DeRozan. Um, so where do you think the Bulls' most clear path in the future is? Uh, what do you think they should do? And, and where do you think that they might look to to dish those two guys?
1: I don't know if you can get rid of DeMar, to be honest. I don't think he can get to the hall that Levine can. And yeah. you mentioned the Knicks, and like that's a... Great spot. As much as I wouldn't like that, um, I think mm-hmm. that's a great spot for for Zach to go. You put him and, and Jalen together in a backcourt, and that's pretty awesome if if they both stay healthy. Um, yeah. and I'm sure that the Bulls would get back RJ Barrett, uh, RJ Barrett, and some picks um, at the mm-hmm. very least, because I I don't see how RJ would would be there much longer. You know, like I feel right. like that's the the key piece you got to bring back, um, especially money wise. Um, but I also don't see the Knicks trying to wait around for that. I definitely see the Knicks like trying to go get Dame, you know, yeah, or yeah. Trey young or somebody like that. Um, cause they've got the ammo for it. Um, or wait, a for
0: it. Or wait a season and wait for Donovan Mitchell's deal to expire with the Cavs.
1: Right. Yeah. And try that again. If he doesn't want to stick around in Cleveland, which I think you should stick around to Cleveland, but that's a whole other episode in itself. Man, the Bulls are weird, man, because they need assets. Like, that Vucevic trade just, <laughs> oh my goodness, just ruined them, like, in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. I feel like they need to do something, but knowing them, I don't expect them to. They got to go pick up some guys on the on the free agent market, um, but they got to be smart about it because they've invested a lot of money into Zach and into Damar it wouldn't surprise me if DeMar gets shipped off at some point, but I also think with his age, um, I think the value just won't be there as opposed to what Zach could get you. Um, even though Zach is a, is a riskier injury play, um, his age and his athleticism and, you know, the fact that he could be a really good, like number two on a, on a good team. Um, I think that that brings a lot of value, um, So I don't know. I I know that's not a great answer to that question, but knowing the bulls, I don't expect them to do anything. I totally expect them to do very minimal things or to stand pat at Mm -hmm. the end of the day, because that's just who they are.
0: Yeah. We talked about free agency a little bit and we kind of talked about the, the sun's deal, but I kind of want to get into that a little bit more and kind of get our Reactions from that now that we know exactly what Washington's getting back uh for both of those guys, who's the biggest winner out of so uh, there were you know we got like five teams here involved in in all the trades, but we got the phoenix washington and um we got the phoenix Washington deal, and then we've got the phoenix or the celtics washington and uh Memphis deal. yes. And then we've got the, the Warriors in, and the uh, Wizards deal. So which team do you think, after all that dust settled, is looking with the brightest future right now?
1: Boston, I guess. I mean, here's the thing about the Wizards, right? Like I already mentioned it earlier in the episode, and this is not an original thought, and it's not an original concept. But how in the world are you not getting a, for sure, first-round pick out of any of these deals? That yeah. is shocking to me. Absolutely shocking
0: to me. Well, they they got didn't they get they, two they have swaps. The, they have a lot of swaps.
1: Uh, no, I, no, I don't. Well, they have no one first, but it's like twenty thirty.
0: Yeah, I thought they got uh, the twenty seven, twenty twenty seven first, and a twenty thirty first from that Warriors deal. I might be wrong, but
1: anywho, I like know, that was great. not great value either way. They got oh. a lot of seconds and a lot of guys, and they're gonna have to do some shake up there, too, because you can't have Tyus Jones, Jordan Poole, Monte Morris, and DeLon Wright, I don't think, yeah. like, yeah, all around. Like, you you got to get, especially Morris and Wright, I feel like one or both of those guys will end up not being on the Wizards at the start of the season. I did not like that Memphis did that. I mean, I like that as a Mass fan. I like that they decided to just goof around and kind of cash in some of their chips towards Marcus smart, who will be able to steady the, the waters for the first 25 oh. games without jaw, um, is a much better defender than Dylan Brooks, yeah. but he doesn't help their, uh, horrible three point shooting and spacing in the playoffs. Um, mm-hmm. I think it puts a lot more, uh, pressure and weight on Desmond Bain, And I don't know how Bain will handle that, especially with his tiny mm-hmm. T-Rex arms. Um, <laughs> he's not as much of a head case as Brooks is, but he's still a little bit of a head case and he's not a good playmaker. And Tyus mm-hmm. Jones was a better point guard, a better playmaker. And now you've lost some of that. And so jaw jaw has always been their best playmaker. Right. But that like sort of gap between him and whoever the next person would be as the second best playmaker, I think just got a lot bigger. Um, a lot losing Tyus yeah. Jones The Warriors deal, man, Uh, it's just so, so odd that Chris Paul is going to be wearing that jersey in October. Like that's such an odd thing to think about, but I, I commend them for, you know, figuring out the, the end of the pool Draymond stuff and doing Mm -hmm. it the right way. I I definitely think that they should have traded pool and gotten rid of him over Draymond. Um, So kudos to them. For doing it, it's just weird that Chris Paul is the is the return there. So I would say that they're probably the second winner outside of Boston, Phoenix. I mean, you lose depth again. You know, I mean, you lost Landry Shamit. But what are they going to do? Overpay? You know, Jock Lawndale and Tory Craig, um, and pray for Jay Crowder to come back and and all. Like they have no money for anybody. They're they're going to be a disaster. Genuinely. And especially since they're not willing to trade Ayton, which is insane to me, because you need to trade him to get stuff
0: back. You, need you just need like two or three guys back from, from any deal. Exactly. Whether it be like a three team deal where you get two players and maybe some assets from another team, or like just like trade, trade them to Dallas. I'll I'll send him. I'll send y'all two or three guys and, and we'll call it a day. Yeah. And and that's it. Like yeah. It's it's really a simple thing. Like Ayton does not seem happy there, does not seem like he wants to be there. And it's been that way since the finals run that they had, really. But now we're here where he's still on the team and still not producing because his head is not in the game. Um so yeah, I I, I think honestly, out of out of all the teams, I think the Suns might be the biggest losers. In all those deals that we talked about. Because um, you get, sir, you get Bradley Beal. That's cool. They also got Jordan Goodwin and Isaiah Todd, a couple more piece, pieces back from the Wizards. But
1: who, when like, you hear those guys, most people are going to be like, who? Who?
0: Yeah, exactly. So, I, I mean, you, you get one of the worst contracts in the NBA still. I mean, it's a lot of money for a guy that. Is is a good player, a great scorer, but has had health concerns. He's in his thirties. He's not he's not pushing you over the the hump, making you better than Denver. He's not pushing you over the hump and making you competitive with Boston. Um so I I just I think that they're big losers in that deal. Really any any team that was gonna get Bradley Beal was gonna have to give up too much. And I mean they sent ten picks, ten picks total between the second round picks, six second round picks, every single pick between 24 and 28 and then 30. um, And then four first round pick swaps in all the even years from now until 2030. So I think that it's a ridiculous haul, even though none of those first round picks are guaranteed. I, I think honestly you eat Chris Paul's contract one more year. Like, like they could have just stuck with him, but yeah it it's a done deal, and Phoenix is going to be playing with a bunch of retirement home uh, members uh, at the end of next year. so:
1: I'm just going to go on the record and say that HBS been a disaster, like it's mm-hmm. way too in his head and way too much trying to be like a 2K GM, you know, like I'm yes. not not a fan of what he's doing um, at all. I think it's horrible team building to be brutally honest. Um, I'm not saying that just because I don't like the Suns and I don't wish them any success, but genuinely I I just don't see how you are going to get away with this, especially come April and may Um, because you can't like, you're going to have to over rely on all four of those guys. And Kevin Durant is not young anymore um, Mm -hmm. and has injury history. And Devin Booker also has injury history and Aiden has problems attitude problems and bradley beal is kind of a dud sometimes so mm-hmm. not great and as far as boston goes i guess they got the the best deal out of all of this especially getting picks back um with kp but even then it's like is kp even a, that great of a fit you know like yeah, like he, he, he brings a, a different uh wrinkle to their offense i will say and yeah. that's something that they've needed um especially when Brown and Tatum basically play iso ball, you know, every possession switching off between the both of them. It's nice to have a little bit of a different flavor there. I think that's going to help them a lot. Um, And he helps spread the floor um, a little bit with his three point shooting. But is it really that much of a difference maker, you know, especially since they still don't have a true point guard either themselves? And you're going to have to rely on Derek White a lot and hope that if you keep Malcolm Brogdon, which they didn't want to keep him because they had him in another trade that fell through, but because of his horrible medical, he's not been traded. Going to rely on those two guys to get you back to the East Finals and maybe back to another NBA Finals. I I, I don't know. I I don't see a whole lot of success there um, in that guard spot. I do Mm -hmm. think this signals that they need to have some insurance for Al Horford, not that Al Horford is bad. He had actually a pretty solid year this past year, but he's older. And I think his deal is about to expire here in the next year or two. So, um, KP kind of getting in now and if they plan to keep him long-term, which who knows if they do. Um, I think, you know, just gives them a little bit of insurance there at that, uh, at that fourth spot. But, I don't think anybody really won, you know, but if we had to pick a winner, I guess it'd be Boston out of all those teams and i and like I said, golden State getting rid of of pool and that horrible contract that they signed him to. so what a weird uh weird set of moves um between all of those teams
0: very, very weird, and I don't even think the worst obviously I said that I think Phoenix kind of got the the short stick there, but I think the weirdest. Move out of all of that. Is Golden State only getting Chris Paul? That is all you get. Like I don't know. Maybe they even sure up their backcourt on the bench. Eat their depth even more, and throw in DeLon Wright to that deal. Take him on too. You know, it'll be a weird fit. I, I think that Chris Paul is going to be their their sixth man. I guess, and
1: he has to be. I guess he good. has to be
0: because you can't start play Steph, and Chris Paul because then you basically have negative two defenders on the court for those three guys. So, I don't know. That's a a really odd fit to me.
1: I feel like with him, they need to be conservative with him in the regular season so that he doesn't... or that he has minimal injury risk come Mm -hmm. playoff time. I think he definitely helps their, you know... Their ball movement um, a lot. Oh, yeah. Not that the Warriors needed help in that regard, but I think he uh, helps create opportunities for everybody, you know? Um, but yeah, you yeah. can't yeah. start. Like, your starting five has to be, assuming you re sign Draymond, it has to be Steph Clay, Draymond, Wiggins, and, and Looney. Like, that has to be your starting five. Um, and Chris just has to accept that. I'm interested to see how the dynamics of him and Steph work, the dynamics between him and Draymond work, and the dynamics between him and Steve Kerr work. I think those are all very interesting relationships that um, will have a lot of say on how things go because obviously um, things in the locker room affected how the Warriors were last season. And I think they need to make sure that um, they do things right, especially with a a character that Chris Paul is.
0: For sure. Um, I, I would like to put this um, into the air and speak it into existence, but I think that Draymond Green will be a Maverick at the start of next year. You
1: don't think he's going to re-sign?
0: I think that he definitely could, and he wouldn't mind that, but I just really want him on the Mavericks because we need a guy, we we need an enforcer. We need um, someone that is going to, Put his nose in the dirt when he needs to, and and do all the dirty work. Uh, another guy that can facilitate because Kyrie and Luca facilitating is great, but we need those guys to score. So having a guy like Draymond um, to be that kind of linchpin piece that can kind of do it all for us would be would be pretty awesome. And having, I mean, I'd be miraculously happy with. Uh, Luca, Kyrie, Josh Green, Draymond Green, and probably Derek Lively starting lineup. I mean, that would be awesome and way better defensively than than last year and than any lineup we ran last year, really.
1: Real quick, before we get to the Mavs, because I feel like we're about to hit on the Mavs.
0: Um, oh, yeah, Totally.
1: I super did not like what Orlando did on draft night, personally. I not that I you. don't like Anthony Black. Because I do. But why are you drafting another guard when you already have Jalen Suggs, Markel Fultz, Cole Anthony? You know, like. And didn't they they take Jet Howard also? Jet Howard, yeah. So, like.
0: You take two guards to add to that huge mix. And, like, Markel Fultz just had his best season of his career.
1: And Cole Anthony was
0: steady for them all year. Exactly. And and, and Jalen Suggs was no slouch and showing that he was progressing too. So it's like if you're struggling anywhere and need to draft a a certain position, it's not in either of your guard spots. You're pretty solid there. Maybe one, like maybe you use that second pick. I think they got jet at like pick 15 or 16. They got him at 11. 11. Okay. Yeah. So maybe use that pick for, for either jet or uh, black if he slips there, but I don't think he does, but use that first pick on a wing. Like that's what you need. they
1: should have used it on Hendricks. They should have used pick six on Hendricks and they should have used pick 11 on Whitmore. Like Whitmore would have been a great fit there because they don't really have a ton of great wing depth. And I think both of those guys could have helped solve some of that. It's funny that they switch from, you know, having all these bigs like they did, you know, a few years Mm -hmm. ago with Vucevic and Mobamba and everybody. And now they, don't really all have that. Players. And now it's all guards, right? It's, it's yeah. weird how it shifted. And the, I guess since Mosley got there, yeah, I, I was very, very confused. Not that I, especially with Anthony, Anthony black, not that I don't like Anthony black. Cause I think he's got a decent amount of potential to, to do well in the league, but you've got guys there that you definitely could have taken, you know? Um, right. Even if you wanted to take a flyer on the kid that, uh, that, Washington took a uh, Bali. Like
0: mm-hmm.
1: that would have been a better fit for your team than Anthony black, sure. but maybe he was best available at the time. I don't know. Um, you could have taken the Houston kit too. Was it, it was Walker, Jairus Walker, yeah. um, over, yeah. over Anthony black or Ja Howard, you know? So not, not super in love with what they did
0: to be yeah, honest. I, I did not have Anthony black in my top 10, um, when I was doing my mock draft stuff. So, I thought that he could have gone in the mid-teens, probably. Um, so I think that's really a reach. And again, love the talent. Um, I think that he plays with a chip on his shoulder. Um, he's he's a really gritty defender. Um, probably the best defensive guard in the draft, uh, besides Scoot. And so I, I like his game, but is he a top ten pick? Probably not. This draft was, you know, while it did have good talent throughout, um, a lot of teams, I feel, misjudged that talent that they were they were taking a, sh- a shot on. And I think, really, it, I think NBA teams make a mistake in not just trusting their eyes sometimes. Because I think the eye test, when, when you look at the eye test for all the guys that the Mavs took um and made trades for, I think that the eye test is is a big green light for all of those guys based on what we need and their fit with the team. I think that was it was a really great draft for the Mavericks and I kind of touched up, touched on that in my first episode. But I, I think a lot of these teams that were picking in the lottery this year kind of just said, oh well this guy's got a, a really nice highlight reel. And the highlight reel is different than the eye test. Cause the eye test takes into account who's he playing against? What's his competition? Um, where, what are his intangibles? What's his work ethic? Because that is all there. And you can, you can see that all if you want to, but, um, I'm not sure that a lot of NBA teams really thought with their eyes <laughs> this year. Sure. sure.
1: Two more quick things. Yeah. Jaime Hawkes to Miami feels like a great fit in a lot of ways but I also love thought it. he was going to go to the Warriors because that also would have been a great fit. Honestly, like him in a yeah. Warriors uniform made a lot of sense. I, mean, I don't super love him to be honest, but I've watched a lot of his games from, you know, watching a lot of UCLA probably more so than any other team in college basketball the last few years. I don't know why part of that has to do with ACU playing them. Um, right. In the, in the tournament a few years ago when, when he was, he was there with, uh, with uh, what's his name? That's now in the jazz that I cannot, you know remember his name the other card that they have um, with him so that that was noteworthy to me um we're gonna talk about him forever and ever and ever and ever because he's gonna be hopefully really awesome but i didn't realize how likable wimby uh was until this week and like kind of seeing him at press conferences and media availability and his bit about breakfast tacos and all that. Like, I love yeah. all of that. And he's so likable.
0: Yeah, um, much of a family guy he is.
1: yeah. Yeah. And like one rec, uh, that I'll, that I'll give to you. And even to the listener here, um, uh, the old man, the three JJ Reddick's pod, they interviewed him, um, yeah, a few days before the draft. And I loved it. That was a great, I listened to that on the drive down to Brownsville on Thursday. And, and I was just, Really impressed by his character and who he is as a person, and his knowledge of the game, and the way he thinks about stuff, and yeah, it's just genuinely like a cool, good dude that I think the Spurs are really, really lucky to have, and this league well, is gonna sure. be really lucky to have, and yeah, I I, I love him already. Like he's so yeah. likable, and obviously he's on one of our rival teams, I guess, but I don't think that's ever gonna be a guy that I'm gonna hate (laughs) you know or hate in a basketball sense not like a human being
0: obviously but yeah right right and and i was you know i'm i'll echo that because i've always you know again the spurs are our rival technically because we're Mavs fans but i've always had this respect for them it's never been oh man i really hate the spurs except for when i was like 10 years old and they They beat us as when we were the two seed, and they were a seven seed, and they beat us in seven games. I'll I'll always be a little bit bitter for that. But beyond that, I've always had mad respect for Pop and for Tim Duncan, for Kawhi. They just all go about playing the game and and managing their their media outlook, I guess, in the right ways. Um, They don't do. It's a very professional, world class organization. And for them to get a guy, not only that is as supremely talented as Wimby is, but also who is such an awesome person um, and a high energy guy and is just going to bring positive vibes to your locker room. That is, it's not only obviously the best pick in terms of basketball skill, but obviously the best pick in terms of building a, a team that can transcend you know, all being signed to the same squad and, and kind of be a family outside of that, which is so right. important when you're looking to to build back a championship contender. So, I think I, I'll I'll completely 100% agree with you on that. I think obviously he's he's going to be there for a while. He's a special talent, even if he doesn't pan out to be the the scorer or the offensive player that we all think he's going to be. The man is a innately fantastic defender and shot blocker. So no matter what, he's going to be around for a while. And I'm really glad about it because he's, he's a joy to, to watch on and off the floor.
1: Okay. Let's talk about the Mavs and what they did. Uh, I know you touched on it on your first episode um, a few days ago, um, but now that you've kind of, you know, dissected things a little more um, Mm -hmm. watching tape on the guys, hopefully um, especially Omax and, and lively Um, what do you think about, I mean, I know what you think about, but like more refined answer, like what we, what the team did the other night and, um, how you see each of those guys kind of fitting into the system and and the scheme of the team? Well,
0: I'll say this. I I know that you and I are both on Twitter, um, pretty actively and we've seen the general consensus, I think about Derek Lively, at least is pretty negative. It's a lot of, "Oh, he's a project, oh his his floor is you know pretty high, but his ceiling's pretty low, uh, or even just like he's going to be a liability on offense. And I get all that I, I see it in the film, uh, I see it in the intangibles not quite being where you expect them to be at his at his age, but to that, I say, we didn't draft the guy to score more than five points a game. I don't care if the guy shoots. 50% from the field as a seven foot one big man. I really don't. We got him to lock down the paint and be an interior defender that avoids fouls. And that is, he checks all of those boxes. He, he is not a great rebounder. Um, I'll give, I'll give everybody that he only averaged about five point five and a half uh, rebounds a game at Duke, but he's seven one and he's incredibly strong and you, you figure you get him with some of our coaches on and and some of our veterans on just techniques and and the really nuanced pieces of rebounding, because it is a skill to be a good rebounder, you know, but that since it's a skill, it means it's something you can work on. So, um, I think that will grow. But the fact that I watched him block seven shots in uh, the first round, um, of the NCAA tournament this past year, uh, that was enough to tell me this guy can do that same thing on the professional level. Um, So I'm really excited to finally have someone that, that ball handlers are are scared of when they make their way into the paint. When it comes to our other guys, Omax is awesome and he has really stepped up and improved each of his years in college and, it's, you can see it when you look at the stats, but you can see it even more when you look at the tape because of it just looks like he's more comfortable now. Um, it looked like he was kind of scared to handle the ball, scared to create shots for himself in his first couple years of college ball. This past year, he kind of broke out of that cocoon um, of timidness, and now is this really refined ball handler with a really smooth, silky-looking shot. Um, the percentage I think will come up when he's getting really good, clean looks off of Luca and Kyrie passes. I'm, I'm really most excited about his defensive potential. He's six foot eight with a seven foot one wingspan. Um, I I think that he's going to be able to, to guard, uh, shooting guards, uh, through power forwards pretty consistently. And and he he can be able to switch onto anybody that we need him to. Um, which is really nice in a in a defense that's going to have Kyrie and Luca presumably um, at those guard spots. Having someone that can switch and stay with uh, other guards is going to be really really nice. And I'll even go and talk about the the two guys that we got um, outside of the first round in uh, Mike Miles out of TCU, who was incredible in TCU's tournament run. Um, and I got to watch him a lot just because he played Big 12 basketball. I watched a lot of Longhorns stuff. Um, he can do it all. He's He's got a little bit of everything in his bag. He's a great ball handler. He can shoot the rock. Um, he's a really great defender, really physical. Um, he's a good shot blocker for a guy his size. So um, And he's a really good playmaker, too. He was making some passes that kind of blew me away. I, I watched a highlight reel of his uh, on Twitter and uh that's uh, i mean he's got some pretty impressive stuff that he's capable of and and jelly is always it's always fun to see a guy like that that just has this kind of street ball um play style and is able to be successful with it at the collegiate level uh i i assume he'll probably get a two-way um spend a lot of the, a lot of his time this year in the g league but you know It's really nice to have someone like that, that in case, you know, Kyrie goes down with injury, you know, fingers crossed on that. Please don't let that happen. Uh, (laughs) But, uh, and we need to bring him up and and have him come off the bench or even, you know, if, if all, all the worst things happen in the world and for some reason he has to start, it's going to be enjoyable, enjoyable basketball. Um, And and he's going he's gonna to be able to score with the best of them. He's, he's a fantastic shooter, a great finisher. Uh, he can create for himself or for others. He's a little undersized, not a great defender, but um, I, I'm a really big fan of all those guys that uh, are coming out of college and now are going to be suiting up for the Dallas Mavericks.
1: Okay, so th- these are my all my thoughts now that I've had time to think about it. Um, I really love... And i cannot cannot overstate how much I use the word "love the o max move mm-hmm. watching tape of him and seeing just all the upside that he has, especially defensively it's like, oh my gosh, like
0: mm-hmm.
1: I know this comparison has been made already, and we've even made it ourselves between you, me and Clayton, but he is literally Dorian again, except more high energy and uh has a better handle and, and better cut potential. Mm -hmm. I think his wingspan is incredible. His footwork, um, I think needs some work because I, some of the tape I was watching in the today, like he, he would get like crossed up a good bit and like he would recover well, um, Mm -hmm. like because of how huge he is and how he uses footwork in a positive way. Um, but sometimes his high energy and his motor kind of, you know, takes him out a little too much. Um, It it definitely affects him on the defensive end and definitely affects him on the offensive end. Um, He, he likes to use a lot of pump fakes, especially when he's down to the post and sometimes he does a little bit too much. Um, So just refining that I think will be a big deal for him. I love that he is, you know, he's not a great three point shooter, but he's a great three point or not a great three point shooter, a good three point shooter from, uh, from the corners, which there is no team that loves the corner three more than the Mavericks. So, um, that like that's not just me saying that, that is like statistically true. So, um, I'm excited about that and how he can, you know, be there. He's a great cutter, great cutter. Oh my gosh. Um, very adventurous there. One thing that I do need to see from him at some point is just like, cause he's a good defender one-on-one, especially and sticking with guys and fighting through screens and all that. Um, For his wingspan, I was reading that he only got like five blocks this year, you know, which is like really interesting. His help defense is honestly kind of a dud. So, you know, just being willing to help there and kind of figuring that out and, you know, getting better there, I think will be good for him. But I'm in love. I I genuinely think he has long term potential um, to be really good um, because you don't need him to be you know, a ten fifteen point 15 point per game score. You just need him to give you all the little things and he will do that very well. I like the lively pick. I understand why we had to do it. It's always risky taking uh, centers, um, especially late lottery. You know, that's always kind of an interesting play, but I get why we did it. Um, he's got a lot of stuff to work on, but one thing that I don't think you even mentioned this when you talked about him last week, but one thing that kind of excites me and if, if we're willing to give him those shots, is his three ball. Like, he's got a pretty decent shot. Um, mm-hmm. His mechanics are are okay. And in the Maverick system that is very, or that can be pick-and-roll heavy, mm-hmm. if we can use him out and pick-and-roll, pick-and-pop a decent amount, I think that right. that could translate well. That's not something that he did a lot at Duke, but I do think that's something that, if that's something that we want to do, if that's something that fits into the offensive scheme. I definitely could see that being an avenue to where he gets his points because he's not that great of a scorer just in general. Like he's not, he's not going to be a guy that gets you a lot of points, but maybe that's the way if he um, is using pick and roll, um, you know, rolling to the rim, diving hard, catching an oops from, from Kai and Luca, assuming Kai stays, of course. And uh, in a pick and roll or pick and pop scenario where you have him like trail out to the corner or trail out to the wing and, and shoot threes. I I think there's some potential there that I hope that the Mavericks are going to untap. But I agree with everything else you said, his offensive potential is insane. Um, got to watch the fouls though. Um, but that's, you know, that's not a new thing. That's a, a young player sort of thing. Um, just being able to limit those fouls. You don't want him to turn into Jaron Jackson Jr. in that regard. Um, right, and his hands could be a little bit better um, and especially with pump fakes um, that's something that watching tape of him he did get a little bit uh, you know exposed especially off pump fakes
0: mm-hmm.
1: with his feet and with his hands and all that but I don't mind it obviously I wish Hendricks was still there um, I think he would have been a great fit um, more so than I think than Lively but you know you got the chance to take him there you go do it He's better than, I think. I I think he's better than Powell, uh, especially defensively. And yeah, uh, absolutely. He's he's going to be more serviceable than him, assuming Powell comes back. And he's definitely more serviceable, I would say, than Javale, for sure. Right. Um, and let's talk about the the Holmes move real quick. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know some people and I, I get why there's concerns about, well, he didn't play really the last year. Alex Lund was playing over him in the playoffs, like stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I think you kind of agree with me on this. I'm really high on him still. And I think that yes. he could be a, a really good fit. Um, is he the starter on day one? Probably. If I had to guess, like right now I would start him at the five, 100%. Um I wouldn't start lively just yet. I think you got to wait um, a little bit for that. Um, but I do love that pickup because he, he's just a better pal and I'm not trying to, you know, make Dwight Powell the benchmark, but he just is a better <laughs> pal in a lot of ways. Uh, there's no, there's no two ways around it. Um, he brings you energy. He, he's, he gives you a little bit of scoring when he last had real minutes. Like he, played well, you know, so, and I know that apparently he had some personal issues his last year. So hopefully those go away, um, or not completely go away, but those are not as prevalent. Um, when he, when he comes back, um, for the start of training camp and for the start of season. So I'm really big on it. I, I super love that move. Um, and to get him with the trade exception, and to actually use the trade exception, it's like, hallelujah, the Mavs know how to do stuff now. Because mm-hmm. they have not been willing to use trade exceptions before or or as well as they did uh, the other night. So I love what they did on that regard. I thought Nico did a really great job with that and uh, offloading Davis's contract. Yeah. And I think, you know, on the Davis bit, like you weren't expecting much from him when, he, when we got him in the Porzingis trade. Um, he, he had some good moments here and there, but honestly, I kind of like him in Oklahoma city. Um, I think mm-hmm. I know they have a little bit of, of some, some bigs. Well, they actually, they really don't <laughs> because Muscala <laughs> left, uh, they really only have Chet. Um, so they needed a big in some ways and they also needed shooting because that team cannot shoot mm-hmm. the three ball wall, especially SGA who refuses to shoot threes. So I mm-hmm. think he could actually be like a nice piece for them locker room wise veteran wise and even on the court like i don't think he'll like start per se but i definitely could see him getting 15 minutes a night he just pops a few threes if he is on fire he stays on the floor for like 20 25 minutes if he doesn't then you put him back on the bench you know like i definitely could see him being a value add um for them so it Mm -hmm. ended up being a good good thing for both parties but yeah to get rid of that and to use the exception or to get an exception and then to actually use it, big win um, in a lot of ways. I know I've been talking a lot so I, I want you to no, no.
0: To, you're, you're good, man. An,
1: to add um, whatever you want to add over the last few days. Well,
0: since when you mentioned uh, Powell it made me think that I saw this report that the Houston Rockets are apparently interested in signing Dwight Powell when free agency opens.
1: Oh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> which, All right. Which is... Like, okay, when free agency opens, the people that I'm thinking about targeting are, like, James Harden and Chris Middleton. And, like, you know, I'm I'm not thinking about a guy like Dwight Powell, who's <laughs> he's never averaged more than, like, six points a game. But, no, yeah, I, I completely agree with you on Holmes. Um, the three seasons that he was in Sacramento before uh, Sabonis got there, uh, when he was the starter. He averaged, I think on average, it was like 12 points, close to eight rebounds and a block and a half per game. And like, if we can get that kind of production out of our starting center position, that's better than what we've gotten like in, in a very long time. I'd say oh, probably absolutely. since So I, I love that move. I think that our front court is a lot more formidable uh, in terms of the fit that we need on this roster. Because Christian Wood was no slouch by any means, you know, and having him at that backup four position was, was really good. And, and he gave us some solid minutes and, and helped us win a lot of games. Um, you yeah, know, while he was a good shot blocker, not a great defender by any means. Um, and really only had, you know, his, it, it was, he had his kind of calling cards on the offensive end, if you will, and he kind of stuck to those and didn't do much else. So. It's nice to get a versatile guy like Rashawn Holmes that has a floater game, that has a little bit of a handle, that can finish with both hands, um, that can shoot the mid range jump shot pretty effectively. That's something that we haven't had um in a big in a five that can can kind of do a little bit of everything. So I'm I'm really excited about that. And and I, I think that so far it's been a, a pretty great off season. Uh, just from a fan's perspective.
1: I want to add real quick on the Mike Miles bit. I love that move. Like, oh, yeah. I know it's a two-way guy. So, like, why are we even, like, discussing this, like, in-depth? But genuinely, like, I'm a really big fan of of him and kind of a little surprised that he didn't get drafted, even though he definitely was going to be, like, a late second round pick. But he's got that dog in him. Um, and that's a real thing in the NBA. you got to have that dog in him. And I think he does. And having a third uh, two-way spot, which uh, that is a new thing, if you didn't know, listener, the new CBA in the NBA allows for three two-way spots instead of two. So we don't have to cut uh, McKinley Wright or AJ Lawson to make room for Mike Miles. Now, if we want to, oh, now if we have to bring in a Jelly Walker, then we would mm-hmm. have to cut one of those guys or convert them to a regular roster spot, which we may end up doing anyway. But I am really, really excited about Miles because I, I do think there is a way because of what he can bring to the floor and his IQ, his basketball IQ is really strong, I feel like. I mm-hmm. definitely could see him like getting out of a two-way spot and like actually becoming like a legit player even though he's a little bit undersized and there's obviously a lot of things that he needs to improve on still. I definitely mm-hmm. think there's a the potential for him to actually be a a pretty decent NBA player like here in the next couple of years, which you don't say that a lot of the times about two way guys.
0: Right. No, I I completely agree. I'm, I'm hyped for honestly, like if I'm ever in town and there is a, uh, like a Texas legends game going on, like I I think me, you and Coop should definitely hit that up, you know, because they're gonna be fun to watch with, with those guys um, playing some time in the G league.
1: And the dude, the summer league team finna go crazy, bro. Yeah,
0: yeah. is Jaden Hardy playing on it? Yeah, he should be.
1: Yeah. I don't think he'll okay, play good. more than like a couple games, but I think
0: sure. he'll play some. Yeah, it's going to be really fun to watch those young guys. It's it's great because I feel like for the majority of of our childhood the Mavericks were not ever a young team. You know, they they, they had never had the ability really to develop young talent and they they often traded their picks. Um, so it was just like, it was always a bunch of veterans, which was never, you know, a really bad thing. We made the playoffs several years during our childhood and won a championship, but it's exciting now to see, you know, we've had success in developing Josh green and Jaden Hardy. And now we're making draft night decisions that don't completely w- make us want to, you know, scream into a pillow. Um, <laughs> true. but it's So it's just exciting from a fan's perspective to be like, oh, this like the direction that we're going in right now, even though we've we've all collectively felt like there have been some boneheaded moves made over the past couple of years. I I think I'm confident that this team is going to be competitive. Uh, It's going to be fun to watch. I think we'll be sitting you know, in a really good position come uh, this time or I guess come like, you know, April of next year when it's when it's time for the playoffs again. So,
1: yeah, 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 for sure.
0: Is there anything else that you think the Mavericks can do to add to this roster through free agency that is not signing Dylan Brooks?
1: Bruce Brown. And I'm going to I keep saying it. it because I think it is the gospel. Bruce Brown should be on yeah. the team. He should have been on the team last year. We could sign him mm-hmm. with the mid-level exception. He just won an NBA championship and had a big role to play in that team for the Nuggets. Please go get him. Like, I don't I don't know what else you have to do. You got to go get him. Like he would be an absolutely perfect fit on this team. Now, realistically other options that I think would be good, um I don't know how realistic it is because he may want a little bit more money, but the Harrison Barnes rumor is heating up again and I'm still very much on that train. I've been saying that the last year, yep. I think Harrison Barnes would be awesome for this team. Um he he gives you a little bit of a different game compared to Bruce. He gives you more scoring than Bruce, even though Bruce got better in that regard with his shooting and his playmaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, but HB would be great on um, this iteration of the team. And I think it would be cool to, to write some wrongs with how uh, that time with him ended in 2019. Yeah. Uh, so I would love that. I wouldn't mind another backup guard. Still, um, still think we need somebody else that can be a ball handler. Um, Dennis Smith Jr. I think,
0: get in, I think we should get in on DSJ, or we should, you know, go to the Washington Wizards who are selling everybody and ask about Monte Morris. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind
1: Monte. Really Seriously, I I wouldn't buddy. mind him at all. I also would not mind uh, Daniel Gafford. I know we just got Rashawn mm-hmm. Holmes, would so be kind of stupid, but in a lot of ways, like Gafford would be cool. Like, just send Zavale to Washington and get Gafford back. Like, I would be. Yeah, Not opposed to that at all. That's probably not going to happen, but that's just me dreaming. Um, But yeah, sign me up for DSJ. I think you can get him not super expensive. Sign me up for, I guess, kind of sign me up for Monte Morris. I'm not super big on that, but he also started out of necessity last Mm -hmm. year. um, And I think he would add value um, just being somebody who can dribble the basketball competently. Um, because <laughs> yeah. outside of Luca and Kyrie, assuming Kyrie again, assuming he comes back, which we still don't know, nothing is guaranteed with him. Uh, mm-hmm. we have nobody else that can dribble the basketball still. So, yeah. well, Jaden can a little bit. Let me let me yeah. take that back. Jaden can. Please, Lord, don't sign Dylan Brooks. I really think Bruce should be ended. our number one target with that with that mid level exception. Um, and I yeah. think we can still take in somebody with the rest of the traded player exception too, because uh, Holmes like only takes up like part of it. Like he takes up most of it obviously, but he doesn't take up the entire 17 million. So you could still bring yeah. somebody in, I think with that.
0: I think there's still about 3.68 mil left. Yeah. In that yeah. Something section. like that. Yeah. Is that, um, as, as this Holmes deal goes on, he gets more and more. So it like averages to be twelve mil a year, but I think this year it's closer to 13 and then next year he has player option. So that'll be interesting to watch next off season. But yeah, no, I I completely agree with you. I mean, I'm in with you on all those guys. I I don't think it would be possible just because of money. And if he didn't opt into his player option, he declined that. Then I doubt that he would take anything less than the max that he can get. Uh, But Kyle Kuzma would be fantastic if we could figure out a way to make that fit. If we could maybe move Tim Hardaway. I don't know if that's something that we're still looking into. I think it is something we still should look into. Um, but I think that would be the only way we could make room for a guy like Kyle Kuzma or, and this is like the longest shot out of all of my wants, but uh, Chris Middleton just declined yeah, his. Yeah, he'd be option. great,
1: but he's, he's too much money, man.
0: He's going to be. Yeah, I think money. he's going to, honestly, I think he'll just re-sign with Milwaukee yeah. because I don't, I don't know who can give him more. Um, I don't think there's anybody that is competing at, at the level that he wants to right now that can give him the same money that he wants with, that he can get with Milwaukee.
1: I would have meant Jane Crowder still. Um, I'm still yep. down for that, even though he is definitely not as useful as he was before. I definitely think that right. th- he's realistic because he's not going to want, or I mean, he's going to want money, but he's not going to get money. You know what I mean?
0: Right. right.
1: And I don't, yeah, I don't think absolutely. he's going back to
0: Milwaukee. I don't. No, I, I, it wasn't the right fit, uh, and he's said that before, too. So, yeah, I think he'll, he'll be looking to tag on with, with some title contender. Um, and, you know, if he sees Dallas as a place like that, then, then I'd be happy to have him back.
1: Okay, hold on before you ask anything else. Blazers GM issue statement on meeting with Dame. I met with Dame and Aaron Goodwin, I guess his agent, this afternoon. We had a great dialogue. We remain committed to building a winner around Dame. So, again, a whole lot of nothing.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm waiting for one of those reports to say Damian Lillard traded to Philadelphia yeah, or Damian geez. Lillard traded to New York. Yeah, you know, like, geez. please. End our misery. Yeah. Uh, the, the thing I want well, to kind of wrap up well, not our misery, debate.
1: their misery. It's yeah, funny misery. for us, to yeah. be honest.
0: Right. It, it kind of is. It gives us stuff to talk about. Yeah. So. The thing I want to wrap up with and, and end with is. Getting into a way too early post-draft power rankings. Um, I plan on doing this at least now and then after free agency has kind of settled. And then like right before the season, because things are bound to change between all of those things happening. First, do you want to go first or second? And then do you want us to go 30 to one or one to 30?
1: Uh, can we, can I go second and can we go one to 30?
0: Yes. Yes, we can. Um, so the official off the bench way too early NBA power rankings as of June 26, 2023, uh, are number one. I've got Denver. I think that, you know, they're the repeat champs. There's no reason to not have them up there. Um, I think they're the best team in the NBA until proven otherwise. So, Denver's my number one. I do have Boston at number two. I like the KP move. I think it it would have given them an advantage over Miami, I think, uh, this year. So I, I really like that. I'm going to have Miami, since they are the Eastern Conference champions, the defending Eastern Conference champions. I got Miami at three. Um, I think they, there's still stuff to be done there. I really like their draft. Um, They don't really have any big question marks to me. They just need to really fill out that roster and get healthy. Uh, So I I love Miami. I got Milwaukee at four. I think even with that ugly, ugly first-round exit, um, you've got Giannis Antetokounmpo, who is one of the top three players in the world, still in his prime, still constantly working, um, one of the best work ethics uh, in the league. He's going to be getting better. They just need to make sure that they keep Chris Middleton because he is a integral part to their uh, rotation.
1: Can I stop you real One quick? That that yeah, is my top Europe. four switch: Boston and Milwaukee.
0: Okay, so, so I can get that that's, out of the way. That's pretty great. I, I I like that we're seeing eye to eye. I don't think we will see eye to eye by the end of this uh, on a couple <laughs> <laughs> a couple <of> spots, <laughs> but we'll see you later. Um, I do want to say this about Milwaukee. If if Milwaukee loses Chris Middleton or has the feeling that they're going to lose Chris Middleton, watch them get involved in the James Harden talks. Ooh. Because I think then you have James Harden playing point guard and Drew Holiday can then go back to his original, his more natural position of shooting guard. Um, and I mean, I think that would put Milwaukee for me right at number one if they were able to to do something like that. But getting back to the power rankings uh, at number five, I've got the Los Angeles Lakers. I think they were one of the top three teams in the league after the all-star break, after they made those trades. So um, based on their defensive prowess and if AD and LeBron can stay healthy most of next season, I think they will be one of the top three teams in the West. Probably, Um, you know, we've, we've yet to see what happens in free agency. They have Austin Reeves that we need to look at. We need to see uh, what kind of contract offers he's getting from other teams. I think San Antonio should offer him the max to try to steal him away from the Lakers um, because they can. Uh, then we got the Warriors at six. I still have faith in my squad, even though um, things are changing over there pretty uh, – not not drastically, but um, getting rid of Jordan Poole, you know, one of the integral parts of their championship run that is a big – step. And then they also have to make sure that they can resign Draymond. Um, number seven, I got the Kings I think the Kings are going to, it's not just a one hit wonder. It's a really good team. They got a lot of really solid guys. I got the Suns after that. I can't have three of the top 30 players in the league on the same team and not have that team in my top 10. Um, I don't think they can be any higher cause they don't have the depth or the defense like we've talked about. Um, but I can't have them any lower because for me, the Mavs are at number nine. Uh, the Mavs still have a bunch of question marks. We need to see what happens with Kyrie. So, Mavs are nine. I got the Cavs at 10. I have the Thunder at 11. Uh, the 76ers have slipped all the way down to 12 Ooh, just wow. because there's a lot of uncertainty there. Um, and not just uncertainty, but also you choked. You choked real bad in the playoffs. And and B just continues to prove that he can't stay healthy. So 76ers at 12. Flippers at 13. Also a lot of question marks around their stars. Uh Knicks are at 14. I think they could be higher. Um, but they, you know, one playoff series win isn't enough to sell me that they're legit. Um and RJ Barrett probably is not legit. So I've got the Grizzlies at 15. I really debated putting them lower just because you don't have John Morant for 25 games. We already know that that is set in stone. So no matter what changes from now till then, you're not going to have your best player for over a third of the season. So, yeah, or I guess right about a third of the season. I got the Pacers at 16. I really like what the Pacers have. I think they still have assets that they can move. Uh, If they want to, if they want to keep their guys, because if you'll remember fully healthy before Tyrese Halliburton got hurt, hurt, they were in the playoff hunt. Um, They were, I think in the top seven seeds uh, in the East. So I think that they can compete. I think that they have more cap room than a lot of teams have right now too. So they have some flexibility. Um, So I'm excited for the Pacers this season. I really like Halliburton. I know you do too. I got the Raptors at 17. I have the Pelicans pretty low at 18 just because we're not sure if Zion is going to be a Pelican for much longer. Um, after the recent stuff that he's gotten himself into on, on Twitter, I got the Blazers at 19. I got them right above the T-Wolves at 20. Lots of question marks there, too, just about um, what what are they going to do with who to go bear. Um, I got the Magic at number 21. It might be a little bit high because that is at least in the play-in. Um, but I got faith in those young guys. I think that they're they're hungry. They haven't been in the playoffs in a long time since Fuchs was there, at least. So um, it's been a while. And um, I really like Paolo. Uh, I really like Fran- uh, Franz Wagner. Uh, he's great. All those guards that we were talking about, I like those guys. I have the Hawks at 22 and the Jazz at 23. The Pistons at 24, the Nets at 25, the Spurs at 26. Oh, that's
1: low on Brooklyn. Oh, wow.
0: Yeah, I, I I think that any team that is going all in to build around uh, Mikael Bridges and that's like your guy, you're you're setting your ceiling pretty low um, if that's who you're committing to. I, he's not a bad player by any means. I, I just don't think that he can be... He's he's probably a third option on a championship team.
1: Sure. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's yeah. You
0: need to be. So saying, oh yeah, this is our guy, and we're going to build around him. You're you're going about it all wrong. So so I got the Nets that low at 25. I got the Spurs at 26, uh, the Bulls at 27, the Rockets 28, the Hornets at 29, and the Washington Wizards at number 30. So there is your official, off the bench, way too early NBA power rankings.
1: I've already said one through four. I think Phoenix is five. You know, I don't like saying that. The star power is, I think, too much to ignore there. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm going to assume that Harden, because I keep seeing and hearing that it's kind of more likely that Harden's going to stay in Philly as opposed to going back to Houston. So I'm going to put Philly at six and then the Lakers at seven. For now, um, sure. that's kind of what I'm feeling. The Warriors at eight, the the Kings at nine. I'm super low on Memphis, so I don't want to put them at anywhere just yet. Uh, so I guess at ten, I'll put because I, I I still have my doubts about the Mavs too. Uh, so I'm gonna yeah. I'm not putting them as a top ten team either. So I, sure. God, I guess the Knicks. Gosh, I don't like saying that. Wow, uh, okay. I don't like that. But, uh, but again, I I did not do a lot of prep work here. I'm just kind of saying sure. what's on yeah, my mind. On. Yeah, yeah, just spit sure. on. Uh, then I guess, now I'll put Memphis over New York. I think Memphis is better than New York, even without John Murray for 25 games. The Grizzlies at 10, then New York at 11. I think I can I can live with that. Yep. Uh, and then I guess Cleveland, 12. I'll put the Mavs at 14 and put the Clippers at 13, but I think those are very interchangeable at this point. Um, because of the Clippers specifically, I'm going to put, I guess, OKC and New Orleans and Atlanta and Minnesota are all kind of in the same, you know, range there. Um, Mm -hmm. so I'll just, those next four, those could be any of those. So that's what, uh, (laughs) 15, 16, 17, and eighteen, right?
0: Okay. That should be right. Okay.
1: And then uh put the Raptors in nineteen for now, but I definitely think that could change because they're in for an interesting offseason in my opinion. Also Grady Dick there as their draft pick is interesting. Love it. Very interesting. Love that guy. But shooting helps. There like him being the best shooter in the draft, I think, will help them. Brooklyn at no Atlanta at twenty. Or that I already put Atlanta somewhere. I already put them in you that, in that clump. Okay, yeah. so Brooklyn at 20. Utah at 21. Pacers at 22. Actually, no. Magic at 22. Pacers at 23. Bulls at 24. The Blazers at 25. Spurs at 26. The, Rock, the Pistons at 27. Although I th- do think that could go up a lot. Charlotte. No, Houston at 28, Charlotte at 29, and yeah, Washington is for sure the worst team in the NBA right now by a wide stretch, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. I think Detroit could jump here pretty soon, depending on what they do in free agency. And I also just really like the Monty fit there, like Mm -hmm. coaching-wise.
0: I think he's going to get a lot out of those guys. Um, And based on the interview that I heard with him, they are... Constantly working. I mean, his, his all those young guys: Jalen Duran, Jaden Ivy, Kade uh, Cunningham, James Wiseman. They're all there early, and they they have to kick them out of the gym, is what he's saying. So it's good to see a young bunch of guys really hungry like that. And because I mean, there, there's a lot of talent, uh, a lot of young talent there. So I think if anyone can kind of write the ship, it's definitely Money. It's funny we had like the top four basically the same, and the bottom three basically the same. But everything in between was <laughs> was a lot different, just you that's know, pretty usual. Uh, I have a hot takes and, uh so i, I get that, yeah. but just a little funny bit there oh,
1: man, is that it is are we done here? Because we already talked about the <laughs> the Collins trade, and nothing yeah. else has happened since then, right
0: yeah i mean there's there's really nothing else to talk about except for the Rangers still being in first place. Um, Yeah, but that's about it. Although they are losing forward.
1: to the Tigers right now as we speak.
0: Oh well, that's unfortunate. And they just lost a series to the Yankees, yeah. which was really stupid because they should have they should have swept that series. They, yeah, it was really really frustrating to watch. Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. All right, you ready to get out of here? Because we're we're approaching almost two hours here.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, typical us in 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 our fashion. Yeah, we just continue to ramble about. Who knows what, but yeah. somehow people listen to it. Yeah, so. th-
1: this is this is how we do it. Listeners, thanks for being here on this collab episode of Off the Bench and Dennis and Friends. We both of us really appreciate y'all listening. Um, especially if you're uh, joining the Off the Bench crew, uh, be sure to keep the the listening streak up for Jed as he pumps out episodes because it helps a lot when you have consistent uh, listeners and a pretty nice listening base. So be sure to, to keep sharing and telling people about this new show. And especially as we get closer to all the new NFL and college football and NBA seasons, like be sure to stay plugged in um, to off the bench for that. If you uh, like, Anything that we just heard, you can rate and review both of our shows on Spotify, on Apple, on uh, Google, wherever you listen to this podcast. You can search the name of this podcast on those places. Right, Jet, or is it is off the bench uh, everywhere now? I'm, I I'm up everywhere now.
0: Okay. Yes. Cool. I was not on Apple for a minute. It took a while to get uh, verified by them. Okay. But um, I'm officially up on podcasts. So yeah, literally wherever you stream. If that is, you know, on iHeartRadio or Samsung Podcasts or Amazon Music, yeah, seriously, uh, I'm up there, yeah. so, so go to listen.
1: Yeah, go, uh, go rate and review um, the shows there. Be sure to uh, follow uh, both of our podcast Instagrams. What is the off the bench one?
0: It is just off the bench underscore pod. Okay, very simple. And
1: then Dennis and Friends is at Dennis and Friends pod, um, as always with Dennis and Friends, you can email the pod, pod at gmail.com. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, anything like that, you can follow the both of us on the Twitters, um, on the Instagrams, our accounts. Um, they'll be in at least in the show description for, for DNF. Um, so you can go check them out there. Um, if you're listening on DNF, you can uh, check out all the other links to other stuff that I have, like music and other appearances on other shows and things like that in the description as well. And, uh, last thing before we go, if you're, if you're new to Dennis and friends, we usually do like a recommendation bit at the end, um, called listen to this or watch this or do this or whatever. Um, mostly listen to this because, uh, I like music and like creating music and listening to music and writing music and Jet does too. So we are, going to both uh, express our love and affection for the new Valley album, loss in translation. What is, which is absolutely incredible.
0: Fantastic. I, I was talking with Maddie about this cause Maddie, my wife is kind of who got me hooked on Valley and I have not ever really had an artist, uh, that I look at their disco discography. Yes. Right? Yes. How, yeah. Um, and, uh, it's very rare that you can look through that whole thing and not really see a song that you don't like You know, there's like intro songs sometimes, or there's like these other interludes, whatever, but every song it's like, Oh yeah, I'll I'll listen to that on my free time. I won't skip it uh, if it's in a playlist. So that's how this album was. Um, One of my favorite songs on the album uh, was I haven't seen you in forever. And then either way I'm going your way, probably a close second. Um, so definitely go give those a listen listen to the whole album uh it's it's really great there's there's some callbacks to their old stuff i don't know if you noticed that yeah Yeah, oh yeah oh yeah i did super cool cool, man oh what an album
1: yeah for me keep my stuff uh evenings and weekends and natural were all standouts to me um Mm -hmm. along with the ones that you just mentioned yeah great record oh my goodness those those guys know how to put out a record um, And they're Canadian, which I don't think a lot of people know that. I think people just think yeah. that they're from the U.S., um, but they are Canadians. Like, they are signed to Universal are. in in Canada. They live up there, and they're great. So,
0: yeah, go listen to Another that. Another fun fact about Valley is that uh, most of their listening base is in, like, Southeast Asia. Yeah. Dude, um, their Asia they're... concerts are wild. <laughs> it's tight, man. It's crazy. Yeah. They're doing a tour this fall, but they're only having two shows in uh America, and they're both in Washington state. I looked into it already, okay, uh, but most well, of those they just shows, did one
1: kind of here. they're like redoing they did, yeah. dates because they had right. to cancel a couple of those other yeah. ones the ones in Washington, but yes,
0: yeah, most of those tour dates are gonna be in southeast Asia, so uh if uh, any listeners are traveling that <laughs> way, <laughs> there you. Go. I'm sure tickets are super there. So yeah,
1: yeah. Well, maybe not. Maybe they're more expensive because they're a hot commodity. Yeah, apparently, so problems. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. Of course. All right. Uh, you don't have anything else to recommend?
0: I've been watching the new Black Mirror. oh um, Okay. There's a couple good ones. Some of it's mid, so uh, it's like a semi recommendation. Yeah. Sure. Uh, I'll watch a couple of those lock henry the, is is the one that i really liked it was kind of a a thriller kind of murder mystery thing um so it was it was pretty cool um but that's my only like watch recommendation
1: okay yeah i don't have anything else hey don't listen to young thugs album it's not great right. <laughs> that's what that's what i'll leave you guys with all right let's get out of here again thanks for listening uh Until next time, uh, be good and do good. Kotany, you got the last word.
0: Peace out. That's two words.